You're listening to The One Relationship, where we believe a strong marriage is the foundation for successful families, communities, and cultures. I'm Kate. And I'm Tanner. We're your hosts, and we've each had our share of unhealthy relationships. When we met, we committed to not repeat the mistakes of our past, so we set out to learn everything we could about creating a rock-solid marriage. Join us every week as we bring you real talk from our experiences, other married couples, and relationship professionals we trust. To start strengthening your marriage now, head over to theonerelationship.com and get access to our free marriage manifesto today. Welcome to The One Relationship. My name is Kate, and today, very excited to have guest Janine Halloran. She is a licensed mental health counselor who's been working with children, teens, and their families now for 20 years. She's been helping children and teens build their coping skills throughout her career in a variety of settings, including schools, mental health clinics, and also in her private practice. She's the author of several books, including the best-selling Coping Skills for Kids workbook, and the Coping Skills for Teens workbook. Love, love that. And her work has also been featured in the Boston Globe, Huffington Post, the Skim newsletter. Janine, you're in Massachusetts with your husband and your two children. You got a boy and a girl. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me, Kate. I'm excited. (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited too, because I think really out of this past year, and all that we have been through as an individual, as a spouse, as a you know a parent, we have gone through so much that none of us could have expected to, to go through. So coping, I mean, we all need it, right? But we certainly wanna be able to help our children through that as well. So, so first, before we, we kind of dive into all of this, just share with the audience just a little bit about your journey and how you got to this place here with, with your work in your practice. Absolutely. So, um, gosh, I've been, I've, you know, I, I decided that I actually wanted to be a therapist in high school. So I actually went straight through, like I just, I went to college for psychology and I went to right to graduate school right after that. And I really discovered as I was doing internships, I loved working with kids and teens. I loved the, the playfulness and the fun things you got to do, but also like having some really deep conversations. And I worked in some really tough places. Like when you're first starting out, you're not, you're working with really tough populations a lot of time. And I remember going in to work in being like, oh gosh, like the three strategies that they told me about in graduate school, I've gone through them. And now the child is still having a hard time. And now what do I do? (laughs) So Mm. it was really like, boots on the ground, like how am I going to manage and help these and support these kids and these teenagers as they're having like really big feelings about lots of stuff that's legitimate. Like their feelings are legitimate, but like you punching a wall is not cool. (laughs) (laughs) Or like pushing over books or getting, you know, yelling at each other. Like that's not cool. So what do you do? So I did, you know, I was looking and gathering ideas for coping strategies, just like always on the lookout, like hearing what worked, watching actually what the, what the clients that I worked with, watching the students, hearing what they had to say, like asking them, like, what helps you when you're having a hard time? Because kids can be quite insightful, like more insightful than people I think realize. Um, And also like looking at research, talking to my colleagues. And so I just kept wanting to like, 
find this like book of all these different strategies where like if I was having a hard time with a kid and I could not think of something that might work with them that I could just like flip through it and be like that one I'm going to try that one today Mm. and I couldn't find it and finally after me complaining about this for a a while as a therapist my husband's like why don't you just write it already like you can't find it it doesn't exist can you please write it and I was like but and he's like but no though because you like have this whole list (laughs) and you can do this and I said okay fine so he like he, he's such an encourager. He's, he's actually technically my business partner. He, he calls himself like the silent partner. Yeah. Um, he's, he pushed me to do it. And I wrote it in like this corner of my dining room, but it was such a labor of love. And it was just like, it was already in there. I just had to get it out. And it like, it just started sn- snowballing. People just loved it yeah. and found it so helpful and found it so, um, like just nice to be able to like as a resource to go to if I'm stuck if I don't know what to do if I have a bunch of kids and I don't understand like I'm, I've tried all these different things and I'm out of ideas like I just need a fresh idea and I love when people email me and say I wasn't a- like I looked through your book and it helped me think of this other thing or it helped me think of uh, I, I was able to use this strategy with this kid and it worked wonders that's I love that I don't care if people use those strategies in the book I care that they can cope with their emotions right. <laughs> whatever it takes right yeah I mean it's so powerful and I and, and you really said something that I want to just come back to and highlight because as kids they they have emotions their emotions are real and I think too often adults parents teachers maybe um, but adults dismiss the fact that these children are going through an emotion. I, I was I was kind of reminded of this not too long ago when I forgot what I was listening to, but someone had said, why do we think that it's if, if we came home from a bad day at work and our spouse said, I don't want to deal with you, go in the other room and like figure it out yourself wouldn't we be really upset with our spouse as an adult? Like, come on, like, give me some love and attention. Like, just let me listen and vent to you or whatever. And then when the kid comes home and has this bad day or has this tantrum or just releases all these sort of more negative type emotions, we're like, we dismiss them, go off, cry by yourself, punish you, go have a timeout. It's like, but, but, we should we should really honor and, and and understand their emotions. Like they're there for a reason, and they're telling us something. Their brains just don't work as well as ours do, or, or they're I shouldn't say as well, but they're they're not as developed, right? They're not as developed as um, as adults are, and we need that that uh, space for them. So I I just wanted to highlight that because I think it's really important for us as adults to um, be mindful of of what kids are going through. Yeah, I. it's one of those things where I'm always like, I think we ha- hold kids to this like unreasonable expectation mm-hmm. of being able to manage their emotions. And, you know, when I see a three-year-old or I remember having a three-year-old at one point and like, he really got upset when he couldn't get something and, or like he, like he got really angry. He's feeling like maybe that big anger for the first time. Of course he doesn't know how to deal with it. You know what I mean? So like my job is to keep my calm and keep my cool and help him through that. And did we walk out of target? Yes, we did. It's fine. (laughs) But like, (laughs) sometimes that's what you have to do. Right, right, right. 
Yeah, I mean, and it's not it's not to be a pushover parent or anything. We still have rules in place and guidelines yep. and and you know things that we we follow as a as a family, but also allowing. Uh, I mean, really, I think like my husband and I say this often that marriage as well as parenting is one of the best personal development experiences you can have. Right, <laughs> like you you learn so much about yourself and. Our kids are a reflection of us, you know? Yeah. So if like we want our kids to behave in a certain way, we have to look in the mirror and sometimes stop and say, well, but am I practicing this? Like, am I doing this? Could I be better at this? So that yes. I can be the example for, for my children. Um, so let's, um, let's talk about, you, you talk about mindfulness and I, and I love the podcast episode that you did on mindfulness and giving some examples of how, you know, kids can start to practice this. But let's go, let's go back just a little bit more when you've got a household or maybe the kids are kind of running the household, <laughs> things are a little crazy, parents are losing their cool, the kids are freaking out. Like, how do you even start to introduce something like mindfulness? So I like to do it in playful ways. I don't like to make it super long because that's one of the first things. It doesn't have to be like mindfulness practice doesn't have to be you sitting quietly by yourself for like 30 minutes or like making a child do that. That sounds unreasonable. Like that's, I can't practice mindfulness like that. That's just like the way my brain works. Right. Um, but one of the things I like to do is use like taking a moment in a, in a in a part of the day. So like, it could be like a moment at dinner where you all eat a bite of food mindfully, just one bite. It can start with something as simple as that. One blueberry, one raspberry, one strawberry. The berries are great because they have all those like little bumps in, on them. And mm -hmm. you can like imagine them growing on the vine. You can sniff them. You can like have a whole sensory experience with it. And then enjoy like feel have the feeling in your mouth and then swallow and then go about your like the rest of your meal you don't have to eat the whole thing mindfully but starting with just little bites or um some chocolate i actually did that over um quarantine with a couple of my clients i sent them chocolate and we did chocolate mindful eating on zoom together which was really <laughs> cute they were so excited because I, I said like you can't open it until we're on camera together yeah. and one of the his eyes like lit up like christmas trees he was so excited he's like you sent me these i love these these are my favorite um but we use that as a way to then calm ourselves take a moment let's enjoy it let's see how it feels when we eat a bite mindfully let's see how it feels when we're not paying attention and we're just like eating and talking um but just to try and slow ourselves down a little bit i feel like it's it's so easy to get lost and it's so easy to get overwhelmed and get overbooked and part of mindfulness is being able to take that moment slow down and be in the actual moment experiencing what's going on not thinking about what's happening in the past or the future, but really focusing on the here and now. And that's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> so to be able to do it in short bursts and then doing longer and longer ones, there's great mindfulness scripts. Um, I really actually like Go Noodle, especially for like elementary and little kids, like younger ones. Go Noodle can be great because they have like a whole line of mindfulness um, videos 
but they're very short. They're like five minutes mm. and kids can buy into that. And plus it's on YouTube. So also kids buy into that. So. Yeah. yeah. I mean, especially with the younger ones, you really do need those short little clips. And I think as you're talking through, I'm thinking, okay, I've got a three-year-old. How could I help her be mindful, right? It might really be 30 seconds, you know, she loves blueberries. So if she's eating a blueberry, you're like, you know, what does it taste? You know, what, what do you, what do you feel in your mouth? And even if she just says one word, you know, it's, it's to start the process, which I think is, um, is really just the important part. Yeah. And I think one of the things about mindfulness is like, you don't have to act there. You're supposed to start it when they're like five, actually, because that's when their brains are sort of more ready for it. I think starting at three with like just a, a couple of seconds is perfect. Like yeah. just a little bit just yeah. to get her like used to it. Like, let's talk about our feelings. Let's have a few moments of like, like just being right here together. Yeah. And then like, as she gets bigger, she'll be able to do more of it. Right. And I, um, and we have a, a, a sheet on our refrigerator of all the different feelings. So she's now starting to pay attention to the picture of what that looks like to also, cause, and she'll even ask, she's like, well, what's this one? And so yeah. now she's asking, you know, well, what is this, like, what does this face look like or, or mean, you know, and then I can tell her and explain it. I mean, she's really starting to pick up quite, quite a bit, which is exciting um, because again, even breathing, right? Breath work is one of the most important things um, that we can do to help lower ourselves to cope and 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 show up more emotionally sound, right? You know, calmer. And we've just started to teach her um, to take big breaths, you know. And she doesn't always do it, but the fact yep. that she does it sometimes is great. You know, like she's starting to learn. And it all started because she was frustrated that. Uh, the video she was watching was spinning, right? You know, or yep. buffering, oh. right? So it's buffering and she's freaking out and like slamming the iPad and whatever. And and my husband was like, Charlotte, just take a big breath. And she looked and she took a big breath. And, and then my husband was like, take another one. And then she took another one. And then the video came back. So then she thought every time she took a big breath, like the video would come back if it ever yeah. buffered, you know? So, um, but yeah, it's just taking those baby steps and starting, which, I, which, which is great. Um, since you know we're we're slowly coming out of covid and states are starting to open up the world is starting to open up a little bit more depending on where you are obviously maybe maybe not quite the case um but wherever wherever you know people are listening on this journey of covid what have you seen with parents and kids um that's really been you know a, a big struggle for them in coping and how have you helped them through that gosh you know, it changed so much through the year or 15 yeah. months, I would say. I would say at the beginning, um, my families, the families that I was working with specifically were like sort of surprised at how lovely it was to be on a slower pace. Mm. They were, you know, enjoying um, playing board games and having dinner together and not stressed up, out about like having to get all these places. And what I'm seeing now is like, they're like rushing back out and putting all the schedules together. And I, and I keep sort of trying to like, remember what that was like when you were like really having a good time and like everybody was chill. Remember that? Like, let's just because everything opens up does not mean your schedule has to go back to the way it was. Mm. Um, so thinking about like that transition piece. Also, I was, I noticed like um, 
in our for our state like some schools opened up and people were really pushing and are still pushing for kids to be back in school and i think people thought kids would be really like really super pumped about that and instead kids a lot of kids were like really stressed out about that mm. <laughs> um and i don't think families realized how different school was so it was it was very it's very different when you go in and you're masked and you're distanced and all this stuff mm -hmm. and the they thought it would be fine <laughs> and it wasn't fine and so you had this like bubble of like anxiety and stress and anger um as they were going back to school i you know it's been interesting talking to families and thinking about um and having them sort of consider what worked well what did not go well? And what do I want to bring forward with me out of COVID? Yeah, great so questions. Yeah, great questions to ask. Um, what would be one main tip for those kids going back to school and, and recognizing that they are seeing some anxiety come up? Like what would, what would be your, you know, just a, a tip that, 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 you know, as parents are listening to this right now, they can say, okay, let, let's, let me talk to my kid about this this and see if this will help them i would say first we just need to acknowledge that it exists like mm -hmm. just saying like oh it'll be fine it's not a big deal like it you want to really validate their emotions this is yeah. hard it's it may be nicer for you because they're out of the house and trust me i work from home i get it yep. i get it yep. <laughs> sometimes i'm like i just need 15 minutes yes. <laughs> just to finish my thoughts okay <laughs> I, so I understand that it was, it's better as the adult that they are back and not sort of like in your hair, but it's not necessarily great for them. So just acknowledge that, like, they're going to have different emotions about it than you do. Mm -hmm. That's they're human. And that's, what's going to, that's, what's going to be. And I think be, making a plan of what they can do to help themselves alleviate the anxiety when they get home is good. So like that transition time after school is is like try not to make it as intense like where you have to like run off and do something or go off and do something else like can they be in the room and just color for a few minutes mm -hmm. can they just sit down and like listen to a podcast can they read a book can they just do something that helps them come in and just chill out and really if we can have it be like playful like be something that like especially for little ones play is such a great natural stress reliever if they can just play, like have them sit and do some Legos, have them play a board game, have them play cards, just something that will just sort of decompress for the day. Just like we as adults, like sometimes mm -hmm. if you are working outside of the house, you get that commute. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? You get right. that, like, I can decompress. I can listen to my loud music and scream and then like be mad at my boss and then go home. Right. You know what I mean? Kids need that too. <laughs> right. I mean, it, you're, you're bringing up so much to recognize that what we as adults need, the, the kids need too. It's just at a, a, a different level and, or, or just comes, comes out in a different way. But I mean, we like, yeah, I, I mean, just what you said, like we hold them to this standard of like, you should know this and you shouldn't do this and you should be like that. And it's like, like, well, <laughs> they're five, you know, or they're 10, like, come on. Right. So, and quite frankly, like, as I, you know, one of the things that Tanner and I uh, really want with this podcast is, you know, to offer the insight that we have and what we've come to know to be able to share with our audience, but also to continue to be a resource where, you know, we we're learning as we go as well, right? And so as I do these interviews and I talk with 
you know, you and, and so many other um, wonderful people, like I'm realizing like where I could improve, you know, and recognize, oh, you know what? I think I might be doing that. You know, I'm, I'm holding my, you know, my stepdaughter at 10 uh, to a higher standard than probably what she's capable of doing. And I could, I could work on that and that's okay. Like, let's do that, you know? And so I think it's just, um, uh, just a really good reminder for parents, you know? Um, yeah, we're all working. I mean, I, I gotta say, like, I was like, I'm not great at self-care. I like, <laughs> I recognize that I own that. I've, and I had to get better at it over COVID and yeah. I have gotten much better at it. I like, we're all learning. We're all a work in progress. I'm not fully baked. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just trying to figure it out, but you know, I'm using the, un the understanding and the expertise I have, but it's not like I am perfect, you know, yeah, so right. it's good to like, sort of just remind people, like I still have to do laundry and clean the toilets guys. Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. The 80, 20 rule, right. You got to do, you know, 80, 20, you know, 80% of the time if we can, if we can get it, you know, to where we want it to be. Like we got 20% where, you know, uh, okay, today wasn't really the greatest and that's yeah. okay, right? That's okay. That's parenting, that's life. That's just the way it is. Um, you know, you've got some really amazing resources on uh, your website. So janinehalloran.com for, for those, I'll have that in the show notes. Um, but let this I thought was really cool is that you have a feelings thermometer. So just, um, just, you know, share a little bit of like where you got this idea and how it can help families with their your parents, with their children. Oh my gosh. I think I started using a feelings thermometer at one of my earliest jobs. And it has just stayed with me because it's just such a um, useful tool for helping kids identify their different like ranges of feelings. So the feelings thermometer, you usually break it up into three parts. So like there's a little bit um, medium sized and really big. So you can do it for lots of different feelings. So you can do it for like mad. So a little bit mad, medium, mad, really big, mad. Um, and what you can do is you can go through and you can talk with kids about what they look like when they feel a little bit mad or medium sized, mad, or really big, mad. And then on the other side, I have kids then write down what are the strategies, what are the coping skills you can use when you are just a little bit mad or when you are just a little bit sad or a little bit anxious, like what are your strategies so that they can sort of start to recognize when I'm just a little bit of something that I can do, I have some agency, I have some control and power and I can do these things to help myself feel better. Even if I'm really big angry, there's still stuff I can do and it will change over time. So like I've worked with, there's one client of mine I've worked with for, I think six years now. She's a, she's a high school senior. She's graduating this week. I'm so excited. Um, I'm so proud of her. Um, but you know, we, she's very anxious. And so when we first started working together, her anxiety thermometer looked very different than it does now. Her yeah. strategies that she uses as like a, basically a grown up. <laughs> <laughs> like is, it looks very different than it did when she was even 14, right. you know? Yeah. I mean, that's great. And it's again, something to recognize that these, these children of ours have emotions and the better that we can be in uh, helping them address it, recognize it and find ways to cope, uh, you know, and work through it and process it all. Um, the better off they're going to be, you know, and I, and I do feel as parents, you know, we are, we are here to raise, you know, sound grounded, independent children, you know, so they can go off and, and, and be an asset to society, not, you know, suck 
suck things out of society, right? Yes. Um, and then of course, in the process, I, I really feel like something like this using the feelings thermometer, like how great if you were guiding your child through that and then realizing like, oh, me as the parent, I could like, I could do that too. <laughs> like, let me think about where, where I have, you know, those heightened emotions and what can I do about it? So, I mean, kids are, kids are great teachers for sure. Yep, absolutely. I've no, parenting is like one of the craziest things I've ever done in my life. Yep. <laughs> it is, I've never learned so much and been so humbled and excited at the same time. You yeah. Know? <laughs> I mean, truly I, I have, uh, you know, in the, in the few years that Tanner and I've been married, um, you know, it's been, it has been a challenging, I mean, it's challenging coming into a marriage anyway, right? You've got two, two people from two different backgrounds, like just trying to blend together, but then you add in an ex-wife and a stepchild and yep. just a different dynamic along with, you know, children of, of your, of your own together. And, um, and it's really, we've had some very challenging periods of, you know, our family dynamic and, yep. um, and, and to be able to just recognize how everyone's feeling and how we can process through that. I mean, it really, yeah, it's very humbling for sure. Um, you also have a, a gratitude page there as a, as a resource and, and we're big proponents of practicing gratitude. It's something that Tanner and I um, practiced um, even prior to us meeting. And we knew that that was something that we were gonna implement into, into our marriage and into our family. Uh, it's something that we actually do at dinner when we say grace. We all we all go around and say something that we you know appreciate or are grateful for from the day. Um, how do you feel? Like what like what have you seen? I guess with your clients and and working with your fam the families that you work with, how have you seen gratitude actually help kids and families? you know, deal with what's going on, um, especially when it's maybe, you know, a challenging time for them. You know what? I, it's so funny. You said that you do your gratefulness at dinner. So do we, Yeah. we do our gratitude at the end of dinner. And that is one of the things that they have to do before they can leave the table. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I kind of like that. We might have to switch awesome. it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's real it, it keeps it real right you're like right you're like what uh-uh you're there's no leaving until you let mama know what's going on All but right. it's um it is interesting because we'll do it at the end of dinner and we'll say and, and I have like um like a teenager and a tweenager right so I am like not video game related and not food related like it can be anything with those two because I was yes. noticing that pattern and I was like you y'all we have other things that we are grateful for other than Minecraft caves and cliffs okay right like, <laughs> It's good, you know, put a little, a little uh, boundary on the gratitude, right? Right, it is. And so, I mean, every once in a while, I'll let it slip in, like, okay, you can talk, tell me about video games, because I love video games, too. I'm not, I'm not opposed to video games. I play them myself. But one of the things I've noticed about gratitude is it changes how your brain focuses. So instead of always looking at the negative, you start to notice something because you need to say something at dinner, right? Like you got to have something. So you start <laughs> to notice other things that are going well around you. And I found it to be really, it would help us get through the day in COVID, like early on in COVID when it was really scary and we really didn't know what was going on. It was like, there was no leaving. There was like, there were no groceries to be had. There was no <laughs> flour anywhere, like <laughs> all of that, right? 
that was helpful. And I noticed that with my families too. The my clients were talking about like, I'm so thankful for sunshine. I'm so thankful for a flower because it was so it just made it just put everything in a different light. So it actually helped a lot. I think families and clients get through COVID, but I'm going to continue to do it because I think it just helps you intend to focus. It focuses your intention. I remember mm-hmm. I'm like a huge Oprah fan yeah. um, <laughs> because my mom used to watch Oprah when I was little. So I remember, yep. like, I remember coming home and like, Oh yeah. Her. I used to watch her too growing up as a kid. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I so, mean, on every afternoon after school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, I just, I love her. So one of the things that she talked about was like, she had gratitude, she did gratitude for a really long time. And then she fell off of her gratitude practice and noticed it. Like she, she didn't notice it immediately, but she noticed a shift in her thinking. And then she went right back to it because she was like, it was weird. Like I was just like a, I didn't like the way that I was looking at things. I felt like I was having a harder time accomplishing stuff in my life. And it was just like, she lost that gratitude focus. And I'm like, well, if Oprah's doing it, I'm doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think it was, I think it's from Tony Robbins. I mean, I think a few people have said this, but, but, but Tony Robbins shares that you like, you can't be grateful and angry at the same time. Like the two emotions cannot, cannot live together. And that's, that's a really you know, if you think about it, the the visual that you get from that is, yeah, I cannot be grateful and angry at the same time. I cannot be, you know, so upset at someone or something or the situation or whatever, or, you know, where, and and still practice gratitude. And instead what I would actually, um, I use the five minute journal. I don't know if you've heard of that, but very powerful. I've got multiple used ones now over the years. And Five minute journal is great. I mean, that's the idea. Five minutes, right? Three things you're grateful for, three things of what would make today great, a daily affirmation. And then at the end of the day, you say, what were the three great things from the day and how could I have made uh, today better? And, you know, and I just, it's, it's fantastic and it's a great guide. And it tells you in the beginning, you know, how to, how to actually use the book. So you have, you know, an understanding Um, but I, but I used to write down the things that were really upsetting me and write down that I'm grateful for these things happening because it's teaching me this yeah. or X, Y, or Z, you know? And, and so, you know, it, I'm learning about myself in this situation that I really want to go away. Like, I really don't want to be here, but it's teaching me something. So I'm going to be grateful for it. And I think that's something that, you know, as parents, we can do for ourselves so that we can show up calmer, Right. And then in turn, teach that to our children so that, you know, they can in turn also learn how their emotions, um, you know, it's okay to be mad at something. It's okay to be upset or frustrated, but how we can, how can we also start to turn that around and and work, work it for the good, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You can, there's so many, there's, I, in my coping skills for teens book, I talk about like channeling, like big emotions into positive energy. You have big emotions and teenagers can do incredible things. They have such motivation and such drive and such passion. And I'm always like, please channel that for good. So channel it, do something positive, figure it out. And and it's okay. It's, and I, I always say this to my clients too. It's okay to be mad. I remember like I've to so many kids, they've been like, what? 
I'm like, yeah, it's okay that you're angry. Angry is an emotion and everybody feels it from time to time. So you can be really furious. It's what you do with that emotion that matters. So what are you going to do with it? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, so true. It really is. And again, allowing your kids to feel that and then help them help them work through that. And that, and, you know, you've got like, you just referenced, you know, two great books that can help and work with kids. So the coping skills for kids workbook um, and then you have one for teens. So the yeah. kids one, what, what's that age group so that parents know if, if that would be helpful for them? I'd say that's probably like four or five to 10. So that's more okay. for like an elementary school age. And the teen, the teen one actually does kind of cover tweens as well. Um, it's written in a way that is a little bit older than the coping skills for kids workbook. So it really appeals. I wrote it to teenagers. I wrote yeah. it like I was writing to my teen clients. So. Yeah. Oh, I love it. And you know, these, these workbooks can be helpful, you know, kids, kids need resources, parents need resources, and you've got so many on your website. So again, janinehalloran.com. Uh, your podcast is Calm and Connected. I love that, right? We got to stay calm and connected. Um, any final advice or words of uh, inspiration, things that you might want to just share with, with the parents listening today? I would say just don't forget about yourself and make sure that you are make taking time for you as well, because you will be a better parent. You will be a better spouse. You will be a better teammate, coworker, if you are taking care of yourself and you are filling yourself back up. So you have more to give. If you let yourself get depleted, it's really hard to refill yourself. So just making sure that people are doing that regularly. Yeah. Speaking from experience. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Restore. And that's actually something that we, uh, we talk about in, in, in our courses and and what we do with our clients is that self-care. It is so important to restore yourself. Uh, in fact, later today I booked a massage because I, I, I try to do one at least once a month, you know, like, you know, you just, you have to do it to be able to, it's not selfish, right. To remember that it's not selfish. It's taking care of yourself so that you can be there to take care of every, you know, the, the, the people that matter the most to you. So great advice, great words to end on. Uh, Janine, thank you so much for being here and being a part of the show. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of The One Relationship. Be sure to subscribe right now. And we'd love it if you could do us a quick favor too. Please rate and review this podcast. This will help others who want to strengthen their marriage discover our content. To get our free marriage manifesto today, head over to theonerelationship.com. And while you're there, we'd love to hear from you. Just hit the contact us button and send us your questions and feedback. Join us next time for more real talk on The One Relationship.